Chapter 26. My finger hovered above the pad. It was war. In war, you destroyed your enemies. Alaron was my prince. You obeyed your prince. But 10,000 defenseless Yurks? With one movement of my finger? No. I pulled my hand away, and in a blur of motion, I felt Alaron's tailblade press against my throat. You think you can fight a clean war, Althangor? Is that what you think? Or are you one of those who are happy enough when someone like me does the dirty work for you? They are defenseless, I said as calmly as I could. They are the enemy. Hypocrites! You're all hypocrites! We lost the hork war because of weak, moralizing fools like you. Because of fools like you, I am disgraced and shunned and sent off on trivial errands with nothing but arts under my command. War Prince Alaron, I honor you, but... What is the difference how you destroyed the enemy? Alaron demanded. I had no idea what he was talking about anymore. He was off somewhere in his own head, lost in his own memories. What does it matter if you kill them with a tail blade, or a shredder, or a quantum virus? Quantum virus? No. No! Even after all the horror I had seen, I was shocked. You... You used a quantum virus? You used a quantum virus on the hork world? A quantum virus is a sort of disease of space-time. You see... It slowly breaks down the force that holds subatomic particles together. It slowly disintegrates whatever it affects. Living creatures affected with a quantum virus find their very molecules breaking down. It can take days, weeks of agony. That was Alaron's secret. That was his disgrace. The Yurks had accused us of using a quantum virus against them. We had denied it. Every Endolite believed it was just another filthy Yurk lie. Alaron stared at me. I cannot have a weak, cowardly fool like you messing up. I saw it out of the corner of my stock eyes. A sudden movement. Not fast, but unexpected. Chapman. He leaped at Alaron and swung one of his strong human hands. With tightly clenched fingers, he hit Alaron on the side of his head. Alaron's head snapped back, more in surprise than pain. But it was enough. I swung my tail hard and fast. I turned the blade away and slammed Alaron's head with every ounce of power I had. He dropped like a stone. He collapsed to the deck in a heap, and I saw triumph on Chapman's face. Triumph. I should have known then. I should have realized. Instead, I went to the medical kit and with shaking hands, pulled out a tranquilizer hypo. I emptied it into my mad prince. It would keep him down for hours. Now what? Chapman demanded. Now what? I shrieked. Now what? I just knocked out my own prince! I was sick. Sick down to my bones. But there was no one else to turn to. No one else to make decisions. As stupid as I had been, it was still up to me. We have something to pick up, I said, forcing calm into my thought-speak voice. 
Then we are getting as far from this evil place as this ship will go. Chapman nodded, as if satisfied. Lorraine came over. She put her soft human hand on my chest wound. It had begun to scab over, but the extortion of knocking Aleron out had opened the wound again. She tore a strip of fabric from the bottom of one of her artificial skins. She tied it around my chest to protect the wound. Thank you, I said. Is life always this insane for you space cadets? Oh, yes, I said bitterly. Infiltrate the Taxon homeworld, help inspire a Taxon civil war, mutiny against my prince, and locate the Time Matrix, all in the company of a pair of strange two-legged aliens. Business as usual. I was busy watching the ground below, looking for the place where I had crashed the Skritna ship. But I saw Loren smile. Hey, you made a joke. I didn't think you did humor, Alfangor. When the world goes mad, what else can you do? I thought of Arbron, still making little jokes, even when his life was a wreck. I wonder if Arbron knew the world was mad. Loren just looked sad, but then she forced a smile again. Speaking of crazy, did I see you driving up in a bright yellow Mustang back there? It was a wonderful machine. Primitive, but strangely enjoyable. I cut thrust and peered closely into the screen. There it is. We're going down. I need to clear away the wreckage so the tractor beam can grab the time matrix. I landed the Jahar in the narrow valley, a few feet away from the wreckage of the Skritna ship. I grabbed a handheld shredder, opened the hatch, and hurried outside. It took several minutes to burn away the wreckage of the Skritna ship and reveal the time matrix. It was for this that so much horror had occurred. For this most powerful of all weapons. It sat there amidst the wreckage, so harmless looking. If the Yurks had known this was here, they would have stopped at nothing to get it. It was lucky Loren never told them while they held her captive. Lucky that Chapman never told them. Lucky. And lucky that I had been able to hold off the hork And lucky that we had been able to get away from the spaceport without being pursued. More luck. Too much luck. I really was a fool. I felt a cold shiver crawl up my spine. I was behind the time matrix, hidden from the Jahar. And suddenly, I knew what was happening back inside the Jahar while I worked to free the time matrix. And I knew what I would see when I walked back around that off-white globe. Trembling with despair and exhaustion, I set the shredder for its next lowest setting. I would have to duplicate Arron's feet. Three quick shots. Yes, three. I sucked in deep breaths, and then I bolted at top speed. I leapt from behind the time matrix, Loren raising a dragon beam in her hand. I fired. She dropped, twitching wildly from the energy pulse. Chapman fired, but he was weak and shaky from what he had just endured. I fired. The human dropped to the dirt. But there was one more left. I knew it. I knew 
and I knew that I had very little time. Sudden movement. I spun and fired. Missed. No, not a complete miss. I had stunned his right arm. The hand holding the dracon beam dropped. Useless. He stood there, rage on his face. Alaron. War Prince Alaron Semitor Karas. But not really Alaron anymore. For the rest of my life, I would remember that moment. The moment when I looked for the first time upon the abomination. You see, Alaron was no longer Alaron. Very good, Arthsafengor. It took you a while, but you figured it out in the end. Subvisor 7, I said. Yes, but not for long. The Yurk who made the first Andalite controller? The Yurk who captured the fabled Time Matrix? I'd say I can count on a major promotion, wouldn't you? Chapter 27 I raised my shutter and pointed it at Alaron. No, at Subvisor 7. You made Chapman a controller. You were in his head. That hork I thought was you. Just a trick. Of course. And another of my people made Loren one of us. He sneered. And while you so considerately worked to clear away the Time Matrix, I revived Alaron and transferred myself into him. The first and only Andalite controller. It was so kind of you to knock out the old warrior for me. I didn't know how I was ever going to take him. He was a wily creature. A bit mad, of course. But he knew war. You saw how ruthless he was in tossing out the poor hork who played the role of me. Yes, Alaron was a warrior. The truth hit me like a brick wall. It was true. I had made it possible for the Subvisor to take control of Alaron. I had created the Abomination. Chapman told us of the Time Matrix, of course. But we needed you to show us where it was. The attack by the Mountain Taxons could have disrupted everything. But, you know, in the end, it was convenient. It kept you from growing suspicious. You were too busy worrying about your fellow Arths. You didn't even have time to wonder how the two humans just happened to be waiting for you. You didn't wonder why my troops let you escape. I had done this. I had created this abomination. I had delivered the Time Matrix into the hands of this vile creature. But do you know the best part? The Subvisor laughed. I really couldn't have let you burn down that transport ship full of my people. Chapman didn't know about the jerks in that transport, so neither did I. And if you had gone along with Alaron, I'd have to try to stop you. So would my brother Yurk and that human girl. It was one thing to sacrifice the poor fool who played the role of me. But 10,000 Yurks? No, I'd have had to act. And then you and Alaron together would have most likely made short work of me. I couldn't breathe. I had failed. Failed so enormously that the entire Andalite species was at risk. But no, Alfangor is one of those good Andalites. Subvisor 7 sneered. You don't go in for slaughtering the helpless, do you? Ha ha ha! Wonderful! Your qualms delivered Alaron to me. Alaron and the Time Matrix. Mine! Really? 
I said faintly. I seem to be the one holding the shredder. There are a dozen bug fighters closing in right now. You've lost, little one. You'll be a cinder by the time they get here, I threatened. No, you wouldn't kill a helpless foe, he sneered. I have no weapon. I am your prisoner. <laughs> I surrender to you, Alfangor. I surrender. He spread his hands in a gesture of helplessness as he laughed at me. Laughed. You're right, Subvisor. I won't kill you. I squeezed the trigger. The stun setting knocked the foul Andalite controller to the ground. I ran to Loren. I dragged her unconscious body up the ramp into the Jahar. Then, after a second's hesitation, I dragged Chapman aboard too. I was just beginning to try dragging the subvisor to the ship when the first wave of bug fighters blew by overhead. They shot past, then began to inscribe tight circles, coming back toward us. Two more bugfighters. Then two more. The sky was filling with bugfighters. I would never get the Jahar off the planet. Unless... Had Subversor 7 informed his people that he might be in an Andalite body? Surely. Surely he would have. He would have had to, just to avoid being accidentally shot by his own people. But could the Yurks tell one Andalite from another? I raced to the ship tore open the medical kit, and yanked out a stimulant hypo. I ran back to the unconscious subvisor, and I emptied the stimulant into his bloodstream. It would revive him in less than a minute. Bug fighters were hovering overhead now, some preparing to land. I ran back to the Jahar, closed the hatch, and punched up the ship-to-ship -ship communication. The face of a hork controller appeared on my communication screen. It stared at me with the fury and distaste Yurks always show for Endolites. I stared straight back. And in loud, arrogant, harsh thought-speak, I said, What? You don't recognize your subvisor? Ha ha ha! I have done it, you fool! As I said I would, I have acquired an Endolite body! The hork eyes wavered, uncertain. If I showed any hesitation, I was lost. If I was to pass as a Yurk subvisor, I could not show any doubt. You see the Andalite down on the ground. Yes, subvisor seven. Good, you're not blind as well as stupid. I want to see him run. Do you understand me? As soon as I have lifted off, make him run. And then, when he is good and tired, when his knees buckle with exhaustion, make him dead. Dead! And if you fail me, I will feed you to the taxons. Subvisor 7, out. I switched off the screen without waiting for an answer. Maybe it would work. Maybe not. I keyed the controls, lifting the Jahar gently from the ground. I switched on an exterior view and panned the viewfinder till I framed the subvisor. He was just climbing to his feet. I'll give the subvisor credit for one thing. He was not an idiot. He knew instantly what was happening. He broke into a run, just as a hovering bug fighter fired a Dracon beam near him. I let the Jahar drift casually over the Skritna wreck. Focusing all my attention, I powered the Jahar's tractor beam and latched it onto the white sphere of the Time Matrix.
Subvisor 7 was running at full andalite speed across the sand, pursued by teasing, taunting bugfighters that seemed to enjoy shooting within inches of him. The Jahar rose with the time matrix in tow. I pulled the machine closer and closer, snugged it up into the Jahar's belly, and lashed it in place with energy ropes. We rose up through the atmosphere of the Taxon world, up through the weird bright clouds. Only then did it begin to dawn on the Yurks. The ship-to-ship snapped on. An ugly, suspicious hork face glared at me. Subvisor 7, Planet Control respectively directs you to land. I tried bluffing some more, but when I refused to immediately turn back and land, they knew. Tactical showed a swarm of bugfighters rising up from the surface of the planet. But it was too late. I punched up a hard burn and prepared to lose myself in zero space. Hello, Phantomorphs. Thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is Daniel. Uh, sorry about missing last week. Um, you know, holidays, it got a little busy. I thought I could do it, and uh, I just ran out of time. I wanted to give you a longer chapter, or not longer chapter, but longer recording this week, get three or four chapters in there, but um, actually kind of going through some personal stuff uh, these past couple of weeks, and it's really kind of not been great for my mental health, so uh, this is all I got this week. But don't worry, Audiomorphs isn't going anywhere. You'll see me next week, as usual. I don't feel like talking about all the stuff I normally do here, Um if you've listened to this point, certainly you've heard it already. So, you know, do all that stuff I normally say, and I'll see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. I change shapes just to hide in this place, but I'm still